0: The Blaze Radio Network on demand. Glenn Beck
1: was the Obama administration the toughest administration on terrorism. That's the line uh, the left and the media has wanted us to swallow. You know, forget about supporting the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, the founders of modern-day jihadism. And also, let's forget about giving the world's leading state sponsor of terror, Iran, $400 million in cash on a pallet at the Tehran airport. Let's forget about those little hiccups, because after all, he killed bin Laden. I think he did it with his own hands. Here's the president, President Obama, back in 2011 on the state of al-Qaeda.
0: Listen. By the time we found bin Laden, Al Qaeda's agenda had come to be seen by the vast majority of the region as a dead end. And the people of the Middle East and North Africa had taken their future into their own hands.
1: The people of Africa. So let me just make sure I have this right. In other words, their leader was dead and the movement was dying. So let's accept that is true. Mr. President, if that was true, if you had them on the ropes and this was all but a one battle, why was your administration giving money to Al Qaeda's global finance network? This is a story that is a little underreported on the left and the mainstream media. The story goes back 14 years The U.S. Treasury Department had caught a group called the Islamic Relief Agency red-handed. They were raising funds in support of jihadists. They had branches all over the world, including the Middle East and Africa, Western Europe, and even here in the United States. They were responsible for channeling over $1.2 million to Iraqi insurgents fighting U.S. soldiers in Iraq. They were also found guilty, guilty of raising more than $5 million dollars. For Osama bin Laden, the Islamic Relief Agency was designated as a terror financing organization. Now, you'd think that story would stop after that, right? But it doesn't. Ten years after they were designated as terror financiers, the Obama administration approved a $200,000 grant for them to do work in Africa. An NGO had contracted them to do work in Sudan when the NGO mentioned that this contracted group might be on the terror list. The Obama administration then paused the deal. Now, here's where it gets weird. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt for a second. It's possible somebody within the Obama administration screwed up you know, the application process and just didn't check to see if this group was on the terror list. That's incredibly dangerous and incompetent, but at least it's understandable. But here's what I can't understand. At this point, everyone involved knows about the Islamic Relief Agency and what they're involved in. They know that they have given money to Osama bin Laden. They know they're on the terrorist list. But knowing all of that, they still agreed to pay them $125,000. That's over $100,000 of your tax money that was given to known terrorists. How did this happen? Well, that was our question over the weekend. There's one U.S. government agency at the center of all of this. And boy, do they have a strange knack for being directly in the middle of some of the darkest and most secret things our government is involved in. It's disgraceful, it's disgusting, it's dangerous, and it's still going on. See who I'm talking about tonight on TV on TheBlaze.com. It's Monday, July 30th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. Good morning, Stu.
2: How are you? Fine, Glenn. Thank you for asking. Well, yeah, that's what I do. I'm always amazed by when you say something like $150,000 went to a known terrorist group. I always like to think about that as for most people, that's like more tax dollars than they'll ever contribute. <laughs> like, so you will go through your entire life paying taxes and maybe you know it's a couple hundred thousand dollars for your entire life all your work your entire life all the money you ever gave to the government just went to a terrorist group congratulations you
1: win we are so it's, it's, we are so, so we are so uh, screwed up there's a uh, there's a story um, out of Texas today where they are now talking about renaming the city of Austin They have already renamed seven streets that they deemed worthy of immediate action. And they now want to rename the city of Austin. Now, Stephen F. Austin is known here in Texas as the father of Texas. He is the namesake of of Austin. He's the guy who carved out the early outlines of uh, Texas. Um, He is... um, He is also, he's also the guy who attempted, uh, uh, opposed an attempt by Mexico to ban slavery in in a province called Tejas. So he said if the slaves were free, they would turn into vagabonds, a nuisance, and a menace. So we've got to change the name of Austin now. This is what the city of Austin is doing. They are just rewriting history. They're just erasing. How how do you how do you do that? How do you do that? Who is oppressed by the name Austin? It's a it's a progressive utopia. It is becoming the San Francisco of Texas. Thank you, California. And now they're claiming that in this progressive utopia, they're so oppressed. How? You took over the city. How are you oppressed? And so now they have to change our history. Over the weekend, um, I was recording the uh, audiobook uh, for uh, the new book that's coming out September 18th. It's called um, uh, Addicted to Outrage. And I read this story, and I had just read this section of the book, and I just, I, I, I want to read it to you. As we search for truth, let's first remember who we are. America's history with slavery is an abomination. Frankly, the people back then were monstrous. I mean, how could they not be? it may not have you know been in their home or even their neighborhood but they knew slavery was going on the food they ate the clothes they wore the fabric cotton was was picked and made by slaves they may not have been able to hear the lash and the crack of the whip but all they had to do was think about it but they refused we should now, in this century, judge and condemn them, and it's important to do so, to set ourselves apart and signal our virtue, because just as this generation has passed judgment on past generations, we too shall be judged and condemned by our children and our children's children. They will ask, how could they have possibly cared about some entertainer who tweeted stupid stuff, or spend days going back and forth online asking, do you see a blue dress or is it a gold dress? They knew that the food that they ate and the clothes that they wore were picked and made by slaves. Or is it somehow different now? Judge the founders and we too shall be judged. Why are we not today leading the charge to free the slaves that are currently in chains? There are more in bondage today than the entire 400-year period of Western slave trade combined. What people now say about the founders is just as true about us today. We may not be able to hear the lash and the crack of the whip, but all we have to do is Google it. Hashtag slavery is out of control. Hashtag. Hashtags don't count as actually doing something. I can see my ratings now, minute to minute. This is something new. And I know that every time I speak about freeing slaves in today's world, my ratings go down. I have shared the stories of the way radicals now fund their diabolical plans in organ harvesting. We have taken two cells off the streets when we kicked in the doors of their surgery centers in the Middle East. These are Christian Yazidi slaves and even Muslim orphans who have more value as parts than people. But people in radio and television and online beg me not to talk about it. Now, let's be really careful of asking the honest question here, because once you hear the answer, you're going to be faced with the choice. The question is, why? Why don't people want to hear it? Answer, Because all of those who have been oppressed by a statue are selfish, self-centered crybabies and cowards. And quite frankly, the rest of us are too comfortable in the belief that by expressing our outrage toward those crybabies, we're doing our part. The choice is dogpile with outrage over my answer and do nothing. Or do your own homework and find the truth for yourself. And instead of focusing on the crybabies, maybe we work together and lead and stop slavery today. The full book comes out uh, September 18th. It is... It's really good, if I may say so myself, as I'm reading it out loud uh, over the last 35 hours. Uh, it is—it's uh, very clarifying, very, very clarifying, and uh, backs up with history and science what's happening to us today and where we need to go. It's called "Addicted to Outrage," and it's available now at Amazon. Uh, and uh, also, you can pre order on Audible. Once again, sensitive personal data has been exposed in more data breaches for nearly two months. An authorized party reportedly used stolen usernames and passwords to log into online accounts of certain major department store websites. Customer data such as full names, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, birthdays, payment, credit cards, and expiration dates have all been compromised. Now, with your personal information, with your personal information from a data breach, criminals can open accounts, they can file tax returns, they can buy property, and so much more. It is uh, in a connected world really easy to destroy your life really quickly. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection is adding the power of Norton Security to help protect you against the threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats or prevent all my identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But the new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover the threats that you might otherwise miss. So... Go to lifelock.com, lifelock.com, or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code back. you get an extra 10% off your first year if you use the promo code back at lifelong.com, lifelock.com, or 1-800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code back, and get an extra 10% off. So what the media is not... uh discussing and it is the fuel that feeds donald trump uh and the reason why i believe that this next 2020 the election of 2020 will not be a referendum on donald trump it'll be a referendum on who runs against donald trump the thing that nobody is paying attention to is the two states there's two two americas now And it is the America of, I don't even want to say traditional values, because that that isn't even it. The America that understands, generally speaking, the Bill of Rights and says, look, we can all get along and let's, you know, let's, let's just work this out. And maybe I want bigger government or smaller government than you, but generally we're okay. The other America is now quickly becoming the democratic version of America, where it is hostile to different thought, where it is. uh, it, It claims that everything about America is racist, that the hierarchy must be taken down, that men have no power other than to rape women. This is the choice, the choice of. 170 different genders or two and i can live next to somebody who's you know wearing a skirt and i just don't have to like it and i don't have to say anything and i don't have to you know applaud every time i would say oh my gosh bert that is the most lovely blouse i have ever seen we don't have to say that but i don't have to hate him either you do have to say Caitlyn Jenner is beautiful, though, right? You, well, yeah. You in both Americas, you have, Americas, to, say you have both to, America's to say yeah. No matter, that. no matter, <laughs> mm, no matter how. Uh, how? I'm sorry. What are you about to say? How good? Okay. She looks in a swimsuit. Okay. We have to make sure we say it. That's sec-
2: why. Yeah. Why are you objectifying her? Hmm? How, why are you objectifying Caitlyn?
1: Ah! Uh, Unbelievable. F- I don't have an answer. I don't have a good answer. Okay. So, so uh, this is the problem. The problem is, is that uh, America, d- the Democrats are, are fully in on postmodernism, which means anything that anything that is remotely involved with the building of the Western culture is bad. Because it is, it's why, it's why mathematics, have you heard that mathematics are racist? You've heard that, right? M- math is racist? You haven't. No, seriously. Seriously. We've talked about it a couple of times. There are serious people now that are saying that mathematics are racist. I've heard this, you know,
2: when it applies to like the SATs for example, Mm -hmm. where like certain cultural things might not be understood.
1: But how is math racist? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. So I'm surprised you didn't hear this or remember that we've talked about this. Uh, Probably there's serious people now claiming that math is racist. And I've never understood it until I began to look into postmodernism. Now I get it. I absolutely get it. Because to me, I would think
2: it's self-evident that serious people are not saying math is racist. Because if you're saying math is racist, you're not a serious person. So it's impossible for
1: a serious person to say math is racist. Their numbers. Yeah, well, serious people are saying math is racist. And here's why. Math is racist because it is math, science, reason um, that built the Western way of life. That built the Western world. So anything that helped build this world needs to be taken apart. Now, it may be resurrected later, but anything that helped build the Western way of life must be stopped and taken apart because it has to be collapsed. And then it can be resurrected under a new name or a new regime or whatever. But everything that helps keep this together or helped build it. Has to be taken apart. That's how you get to a place where mathematics is racist. And we have to not roll our eyes at that because there are there are serious people. Now, I, I, like Stu says, I don't think you're serious. Right. But they do. They are. And people are taking them. Seriously. And they are in serious positions of education. And so when you have the halls of education, saying no no well no math is racist it will become a fact to a lot of kids and these kids are being indoctrinated with this garbage right now i don't know what it's going to take before we start saying i'm not sending my kids to any of these schools i'm not doing it i am not doing it my kids would be better off at a trade school my kids would be better off without a degree and just Starting to—I mean, unless they're—I don't want to be a doctor, but I'm not sending my children through these indoctrination camps because that is exactly what's happening in these universities. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. Let me give you a. Let me give you a. This is dangerous. Let me give you an example of postmodernism in action. But you don't think of it this way. You think of it as uh, a um, as supporting your president or supporting your party. But it is actually postmodernism. The new pollout 12 billion dollars to aid farmers that have been hurt by the tariffs. Now, what what is that story? The story of the aid is a bailout for a big group of people because of a tax increase now americans who are conservative should be against the big tax increase and the tariff same thing which caused the hurt to the farmers we should recognize that and then say wait we don't want to bail them out that's that's doubling down on a bad idea we don't we don't want bailouts so, the government screws it up, the government bails it out. Who does that sound like? That that's Democrats. that's Democrats. That's a Democrats. Right, that's a progressive idea, right? The taxes and then because of the damage that the taxes do, you have to bail somebody out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that is the Democratic Party. 12 billion dollars aid to farmer hurt by tariffs, are you for or against it? In favor. 78% of Republicans against 22% of Republicans. In favor, 34% of Democrats oppose 66% of Democrats. Wait. (laughs) Can anybody be honest? Can anyone be
2: honest? And I think my, my initial reaction to that was people are just supporting their team. Right? Like the Republicans, you know, they know that Trump's doing this. So mm-hmm. e- even though they might not necessarily like the policy idea, it's less important than supporting their guy. And the same right. thing from the Democrats. Even though they love, they obviously love the idea of a bailout to support a tax increase. And it's like Democrat 101. But what they, but it's Trump doing it. So here they just say they don't like
1: it because they don't like Trump. So this is, in a way, postmodernism in action. Because the Democrats should love this. Republicans should hate it. But Democrats should love it. They should love it. They don't. They don't. Why? Because it is Donald Trump. Anything to destroy Donald Trump. Why do the Republicans support this? Because it is Donald Trump. And he's, and he's destroying the mainstream media. He's destroying the old guard. So it is destruction that is making us not reason. Destruction that is making us go here. Now we can we can say that it is about my loyalty, but it it really is about destruction. You're loyal to him because you see him kicking down the doors of power, mm-hmm. correct? Um, and they are opposed to him because they see him. Uh, yeah, I. To be honest, they see him as a jingoistic, a raw, raw America. Let's make America great again. That goes against everything postmodernism is. So they have to abandon reason. <clears throat> the hardest thing about postmodernism and the thing that we have to understand Otherwise, we're never going to be able to even fight it. It's 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 the same as uh, as progressivism until you could say, no, there is a difference between a liberal and a progressive until we understood that difference. It wasn't just word games. It was vitally important to understand and expose it. The same thing with postmodernism postmodernism modernism. What is the modern age? The modern age is the age that was developed under science, math, reason, study, honest questioning, fix reason firmly in her seat. That's what created the modern world. There was no magic anymore. You had to prove it scientifically. So We get to Karl Marx and Karl Marx. What is his theory? Stu? what's his theory that all of the workers are going to eventually what? Uh, Unite. Workers of the
2: world will unite and they will come together to overthrow the the evil fat cats.
1: Yes, they're going to overthrow capitalism and anybody who has anything. And they're all going to share. Well, a we know human nature well enough to know that in the end, nobody shares, nobody shares. Uh, If you have absolute power, you are not going to share that power and you're not going to share your stuff because you'll uh, end up saying, you know, me and the rest of these guys, we're the ones doing all the work. We deserve it. And they isolate themselves and it ends up in Venezuela. Okay. so at the turn of the century. And starting in the 1850s, people believed that the workers would rise up. And they did. That's what unions were for. And unions were, at the beginning, communist organs. That's all they were. They were trying to unite all of the workers to rise up against the evil robber barons, whether they were robber barons or not. So the unions start. Progressivism starts because progressivism says now this is before all the hundreds of millions of dead. Progressivism says communism is the way to go. This one big state and will unite the world. And that's really the way to go. But we don't like the revolution part. That's very un-American. Remember, you can assign some good intent here from the progressives because they didn't know at the time what how it would turn out. So they say a big state and, and some sort of authoritarian plan is, is much better. And we can do it now because science is ruling reason logic. So they don't, they see the, they see the revolution in Russia. They don't like the revolution in Russia, uh, but they think that Stalin is the guy. Then Mussolini steps up to the plate And Mussolini doesn't have a revolution. Mussolini, he takes over the state. Yes, he has some beatings in the streets with his black shirts and and everything else. But it is not like the Russian revolution. And he comes in and he takes power. Now, FDR sends his best people over to study Mussolini. Um, FDR writes a review of the Mussolini's book on fascism. And says, it's great. This is this is the future. So all of this is happening. And then fascism falls apart. And what fascism was, was communism says workers of the world. But Mussolini figured out, because it was right after World War One. Wait a minute. The, the, all the soldiers here, they didn't fight for all of the countries of the world. They fought for Italy. So we're going to take this communist idea and just make it a nationalist idea because that is a better way to get everybody into a one totalitarian state so they were both socialists and both for complete control state run well about 1940 45 it's all falling apart by 1950 all of the communists see what's happening The people in Europe have just fought against Russia and fought against uh, uh, fascism. And in America, we're starting to be very, very prosperous. We're 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 exploding and people are starting to have TVs and phones and houses and cars and two cars. And they realize these SOBs are not going to rise up. They're not going to rise up. They want the creature comforts. And somebody says, they don't know that they've been hypnotized. They, oh my gosh, this system is so evil. They're just being, they're just being bought. And they don't know that they're even in slavery. And they have no idea that they are oppressed ding, 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 the first bells of postmodernism. How do we take the West apart? How do we tell people in the West that they're all really oppressed? What they have to do is they have to start splitting us into little teeny groups like fascism learned its nationalism. But if you split it down even into smaller groups, you can divide even a country And so we have to split everybody into their own oppressed groups. Even those groups that don't think they're oppressed, they're in an oppressed group. And we can split them all apart. But then to do this, we must discredit the entire system. We have to tear it all down because there's no way you can build anything off of the back of this system it must be entirely new so we have to split everybody apart we have to show how they're uh, oppressed then we need to discredit every system we need to, to to have riots in the streets chaos in the streets with no one having any idea of what is true what is not true And then when it burns itself down to the ground, we will come out on the other side and we will build our new utopia. That's where we are, guys. That's where we are. We're beyond the progressives. Progressives weren't the ones that wanted all of the riots in the streets. Progressives were the ones who said, I don't want revolution. I want to take it step by step. Still, their idea is one state-run government. But they didn't want revolution. Postmodernists came in and said, that is the only way to tear it entirely apart and to be as vicious and ruthless as we can possibly be. Because Americans and the people in the West... They don't even know how oppressed they really are. It's important for us to know this so we can spot it and not play into it. I told you years ago, chaos is the operative word. It is going to be the word that that historians will write about this time period. And the people did not see the chaos that was being inflicted upon them, i.e., China, uh, i.e., Russia. They did not see the chaos that was being inflicted on them, nor did they see the chaos that they were furthering and spreading themselves. We cannot be agents of chaos. We must, if we are going to preserve not just the country anymore, this is bigger than our country now. If we are going to preserve the Western way of life, we must again to use reason and logic and science and dare I say faith, faith, at least in one another. All right, I want to tell you uh, about our sponsor this half hour. It is uh, American Financing. Owning a home has never been easier, and it continues to be an incredible investment. Whether you're you're buying your first home, your next home, or even an investment home, let American Financing customize the right loan program for you, and they'll give you free approval or pre-approval. They'll give it to you fast. They will let you know exactly how much home you can afford, and you can expect faster loan processing thanks to in-housing underwriting and decision-making. So, American Financing. Please, before this gets any worse, please, if you have an adjustable mortgage, again, please get a fixed mortgage, please. And American Financing can do that for you. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and over 1,800 Google reviews. They offer the e sign so you can sign your documents in the comfort of your own home. They have no upfront fees. They have, you know, utilization of every loan in the industry and they can customize a loan program and term to fit your financial needs. They're licensed in all 50 states. If you need a loan or you want to refi, Please call American Financing, 800-906-2440, that's 800-906-2440, or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck. Oh, welcome to the program. Let's go to Mike in Tennessee. Hello, Mike.
0: Beck, you get better every day where most talk shows get stale. You just well, love your analysis. Thank you. Um, let me develop a quick thought here. I know I know, you're up against a hard break, but back in the 80s and 90s, there was a group that used to, if the IRS took someone's home, collectively pull their money and buy it back, and it pulled the teeth of the IRS. They lost that power. Now, I don't believe in any subsidies. 95% of the federal government should go away. I hate them. Uh, this to me is not political. This is business negotiation to tell China, if you think that you're going to mess with our farmers because of fairness, that we want to have equal tariffs, you know, let's have none of them. But if you're going to do 20%, we're going to do 20, we're going to fund them. And I'll tell you what, do it to our electronic industry. We're 20 trillion in debt. What's another trillion? Do it again to our farmers. We'll add 20 billion more. Well, this is a negotiating strategy, in my opinion.
1: Okay. well, Mike, it it might be. And it's my hope that it is. But you're you're leaving out one important part. And that is um, what's another billion to add to our debt? What's our trillion to add to our debt? Well, China is basically our bank. So, I mean, if they are our bank, it's one thing to say, hey, we've got the money. It doesn't matter. It's called F.U. money. (laughs) That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. And you're right. That is the Best way to negotiate. Unfortunately, we have to go get a loan from the bank we're telling FU to. And it doesn't always work out quite so well. Thanks for your thoughts. Glenn Beck. Russia currently appears more interested in hacking the U.S. electrical grid than interfering with our midterm elections. Oh, well, that's a relief. Last week, the Department of Homeland Security confirmed that Russian military intelligence has been hacking into the control rooms of power plants all across the U.S., and they've been doing it for the past year. Shouldn't we we have, I mean, shouldn't this been on TV a little bit? I mean, just a little bit. So far so far they appear to have stopped short of trying to take remote control of the plants, which they did in the Ukraine in twenty fifteen. But US intelligence officials interviewed by the New York Times say that homeland security has quote understated the scope of the threat, end quote. Yes, it's our it's our power plants. That would I mean. Huh. President Trump was briefed Friday on U.S. cybersecurity efforts to protect the midterm election systems. Some believe Russian hackers may just be, you know, biding their time waiting to attack the election systems closer to Election Day. Last week, Microsoft announced at a security conference that it had stopped an attack on congressional offices in late 2017. Missouri Senator Claire McCaskill says her office was one of the ones attacked unsuccessfully. She is on the Senate Armed Service Committee, and one official says Russian hackers may be trying to find a way into the classified military information that the Senate committee has access to. So far, Russian hacks into the electrical grid involve installing malware in the utility operating systems. According to the Department of Homeland Security, the Russians gained access to the grids by first hacking into the networks of utility contractors who have poor cybersecurity defenses. Now, I don't know about you, but the overall lack of alarm of what's happening with Russia is, to me, a little bit confusing. I mean, Washington occasionally gives it lip service, but... Are you seeing any concerted and coordinated effort to confront Russia on this one? I mean, the attitude is like, wow, this is bad. Somebody should do something, huh? Yeah, you, you should be doing something. I'm telling you now, if this would have happened in the 1980s instead of 2018, where we don't know the difference between right and wrong, truth and fiction, I'm just saying... Somebody might have said, well, ooh, I hit that button. There would probably be missiles in the air. Now, I don't want war, but I also, you know, uh, don't want uh, a world without electricity. wasn't Wasn't hacking the number one topic in conversation in Helsinki? What happened there? If Congress was half as concerned about Russian hacking as they were about collusion, America just might be... On the way of being more prepared to safeguard our next two elections, not to mention keeping, you know, the lights and hey, what do you say? The refrigeration on. It's Monday, July 30th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. The Daily Mail which is a uh, paper out of London, is reporting now that TDS. Do you know what TDS is? TDS. I have TDS. Uh, Trump derangement syndrome. I I was going to say that can't be what he's referring to. It is TDS. Trump derangement syndrome. (laughs) They are now reporting that doctors are saying this is a real thing. It's a real thing. Oh, I think it's definitely a real thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like it's a real thing. Well, it's a real thing by choice. I think it's a real thing by choice. You weren't born with TDS. No, I don't think you were born with it. It seems like you have to decide I'm going to live my life this way. You do. You do. Because there's no facts involved. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. Therapists across the United States say that ever since President Donald Trump took office, patients have been experiencing more anxiety and it is affecting both Trump critics and supporters. Okay, well, that is not TDS. That is just, yeah, we're we're headed towards a civil war. We're not headed towards anything good here. And we all know it one way or another. This this cannot last the way we're headed. It's just not going to last. Several therapists spoke to Canada's CBC News, saying that many of their patients have a fear about the country's future. Welcome to it, Democrats. Hey, yeah, we've been here for a while. We were here. We were here in the second term of George W. Bush. So think how tired we are fear about the country's future and if trump will blow us all up <laughs> okay now i that one mm, i mean
2: do you actually have that fear that trump will blow us all up
1: yeah no i don't not the way of like i'm going to destroy america <laughs> but right. i mean get us into a war and all of a sudden the missiles are flying
2: uh i i mean yes i have (laughs) some
1: worries over that i mean i know
2: i I, people who love trump might think that that's you know uh, i i would there's a fear of that i think with every president i mean look at jfk almost did this right we were close with jfk every president we have a giant military with one person generally speaking in control of the biggest weapons in it and so at any moment any president Uh, could make a mistake or do something wrong that that leads to something like
1: that. Let me give you, instead of a um, instead of some sort of conspiracy theorist that, you know, Donald Trump is just he's just trigger happy. Let me show you a way that it could logically happen. Stu, what is China the most afraid of right now? What are they actually preparing for by 2020? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, well, you actually do, but you haven't you haven't obsessed on it like probably I have Mm -hmm. because I have a condition. You do Um, It's not. TDS. it's something else. No, it is something Something much more serious. Yes. (laughs) So uh, what are they doing? By 2020, they are going to have a social. Oh, the social network thing. Yeah. yeah, Social media scores. Yeah. Social credit scores. And what is that for? I mean, to control their populace, control the populace. It Mm -hmm. is exactly the it's exactly the thing that everybody saw with. If you ever watched Black Mirror Mm -hmm. and you saw that episode where you can't travel, you can't get a car, you can't get a job if your social media score is low, you are trapped. That's exactly what this is. And at the same time, they are building these massive facilities and these massive facilities are education centers. Well, we should point out, too, because I think if you happen to miss this
2: uh, show that we did a few weeks ago when we talked about this, it's not like somebody's rumored to start this. This is a policy that has already begun to be implemented in China. They are actually at it. So that means if you say something bad about the government, you would lower your social credit score. And if you do that enough... You would not be able to travel. You would not be able to get benefits from the government. You would not be able to get a job. You can't have you your would, children
1: go to school. Right. All sorts I mean, of just, yeah, yeah, basically to keep everybody in line. And it's a way to monitor. Them. And it is it is already being implemented and it will be fully implemented by 2020. That's according to President mm-hmm. G. So, I mean, it's it's a done deal. It's a done deal. OK, so they're afraid of their populace. Why are they afraid of their populace? They're afraid of their populace because they cannot stop growth. If they stop growth, people will starve. If their economy has a blip at all, people will starve and they know revolution is around the corner. So they now have to get control of their people to know exactly where they are, give them all kinds of really bad punishments to make sure they all stay in line. They are afraid of revolution. What causes that a revolution? What causes that revolution is anything that hurts their economy. What hurts their economy? A trade war. We are playing with and look, I, I hope this is a negotiation tactic. Now, Donald Trump has always said he believes in trade wars and that you can win trade wars. And tariffs are great and tariffs are great. And they're, they're, they're all scientific and mathematical evidence. Economic evidence shows that is not true. Trades are, uh, tariffs are bad. Uh, trade wars are bad. However, if he's just sticking his toe into the water and is using this as a negotiation and he knows how delicate the economy is over in China, you're going to be OK. If he backs out at the right time, and we get what we need, and we've compromised, and everybody walks away feeling okay, and there's some evidence that he might do that, right?
2: With yes. what the way he treated the uh, Chinese uh, phone company that was having issues, he went to he went to the, to bat for them. I yes. mean, and because they were, it was a big deal to China, and he advocated strongly to lift uh, security recommendations from his own government uh, to help their economy.
1: Correct. So. What happens if we don't start this trade war? Trade wars are always the last stop before real war. Okay, there's there's a whole series of events that happen. It starts with a uh, a crash, and then you start um, messing with the the taxes, and you start redistribution. Then you start blaming it on people outside of the country. Uh, then you start protectionist moves. Then you start trade wars. And if none of those things work, it's the next step is war. So could Donald Trump blow us all up in that way? Yeah, that's yeah. And that's not plausible.
2: plausible. Not necessarily. I mean, it's a bad way to put it. Right. It's not right. Donald Trump blowing us up. Like you could also say that, you know, that this this sort of more commonly referred to circumstance where uh, Trump uh, you know, with his sort of tough talk sets it not because he's necessarily going to start a war, but because some dictator decides, you know, like Kim Jong-un could have easily taken that the other way and said, well, screw you. If you're going to say it, you're going to threaten me like that, I'm going to blow up the South Korea. Mm-hmm. And it could have it could have it didn't. But, you know, you, you push yourself closer to those edges and anything like that doesn't mean that that's Trump's fault, per se, in that, you know, it, the person who fires the weapon is the one responsible mm-hmm. for it. Right. Just like in
1: any. Right. But, the, but the, I'm trying to find a logical reason mm-hmm. why you could why you could freak out right now. Mm-hmm. OK, sure. But those those logical reasons are are just as valid as it was when Barack Obama was cozying up in the Middle East through Benghazi through the takedown of Syria, through the, uh, the help to ISIS, and to the support of the Arab Spring. You know, I could, I could make a case, and did every night, that that's a very dangerous thing. That could upset the balance in the Western world, mm-hmm. and it could cause all kinds of chaos in Europe, and it would cascade over here, and we're all screwed. That was really valid. It was not only plausible it was possible and much of it happened but we're still here the problem here is trump derangement syndrome people don't understand that it's the same thing that the right has been feeling we felt exactly the way you do now under barack obama the difference is You still have the mainstream media. You're already violent and you still have the mainstream media batting for you. We didn't. We had no one standing for us. We had Fox and talk radio. That's it. And the mainstream media kept pounding us and wanting us, wishing, wishing and waiting for us to get violent. We never did. You still have the mainstream media and you've already run to violence. And you're worried about all kinds of things that should be worried about by all of us. I don't want another war. And we're, we're moving in the direction. But we've been moving in that direction for longer than Donald Trump has been in office. But you, you, because there's no reason, because we're not using logic, because we're not using facts, you don't even know why you feel this way. You don't even you don't even understand that uh, because you you can't your reason centers shut down. It's a it's a defense mechanism. When you're frightened, when you are freaking out, reason shuts down fight or flight. Well, we got to get everybody out of that because there are reasons to be concerned. But until we get out of this this fight or flight will never be able to see the real issues and be able to address them until you until people can stop saying i've got to defend the president at all costs from a group of people who say i want to destroy him at all costs we're not going to be able to solve what's really happening in russia and the threat is real Sponsor this half hour is Liberty Safe. It was July 23rd. Liberty Safe was invited by uh, President Trump, along with Vice President uh, Mike Pence and members of the administration to participate in the uh, Made in America product showcase at the White House. Uh, And they brought uh, this big, beautiful Liberty Safe into the White House. And it's I mean, it's sitting there. Don't know which room that's in. But only 50 manufacturers from 50 states were invited to attend. And Liberty Safe was selected because of its commitment to American-made safes. Liberty Safe showcased its huge presidential 50 safe. Vice President Pence said he was really impressed with it and loved the beauty of it, etc., etc. I've never seen them in white, but I mean, it's the White House. Staff members suggested that uh, all of the safes in the White House should be Liberty Safes. They should be a Liberty safe in your home as well. If you haven't bought your Liberty safe, now is the time to buy. Liberty is number one in preserving homeowners, guns and valuables. And the reason is really simple. They last a lifetime. They're made with the highest quality materials and you can pass them on to your kids. I have Liberty safes in my home. And they are easy to use. They are quick to access. When I need to grab a gun, and you know, I've only done it once, when I need to grab a gun quickly, I can grab it quickly in a Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com. Do what I do. Do what the White House did. Choose Liberty Safe. Liberty, offering 12 months interest-free on any purchase over $850. Liberty Safe. Simple. Easy. Secure. Always protected. Always protected. That's the Liberty Way. Let's go to uh, Bill in New York. Hello, Bill. Welcome to the program.
0: Hi. I'd like to talk about the people coming back from uh, North Korea, the soldiers. Yes, sir. And And you don't hear much about it on the news, like very little, even when they do talk about it. Yeah. And I think this is like a huge thing, you know. I mean, I'm a father of a veteran myself, you know, and I couldn't imagine my son go on that long or my brother my sister or maybe my father and if you, you, you just don't hear nothing about it at all
1: yeah I would be interested in seeing those stories of the uh, loved ones I mean we don't know yet the uh, the remains have not been identified yet um and so we don't know who's come home yet um but I, I would be very interested in hearing the the stories of those families who can now finally bury their father or their grandfather, um, yeah. and what that means. Uh, I think this was a. I think this was a very big thing. That uh, perhaps, perhaps, because uh, it was accomplished with Donald Trump, that it it's not getting the press that it deserves. Um, but yeah. uh, it's a big deal.
0: Well, I remember when it when it actually happened. Remember when they sent the bodies home from Vietnam? Yes. I mean, it was huge. It was huge. It but, was on the news like.
1: Forever. Yeah. Well, you know? it was Vietnam was, you know, a little closer as well. I mean, it wasn't North Korea. So, you, I mean, it's your it's if you're lucky, it's your it's your father. Um, but it, 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 it for most people, it'll probably be their grandfather that is returned. Still, it's a it's a very big deal, but it's a little under, more understandable because it's closer to Vietnam. Bill, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for um, we'll keep your son in our prayers. Thank you for his service. Uh, There's a couple of things that we should uh, address today. Medicare for all. Do you see what the cost is? I mean, you know, everybody
2: deserves. It's a human right. So I don't think there's any cost. It's 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 a human right to get Medicare uh, for all. No, it's it's Uh, actually
1: not. But anyway, it's um, Hmm. the. That's the plan would cost thirty-two point six trillion dollars. <laughs> over how much time, though? That's yeah. that's a limited amount of time. Yeah,
2: ten years. Right. Uh, 30, we say thirty-two point six trillion dollars. Well, that's not the cost. It's much, much more than that. It just it depends on when you cut the time off. And usually, right. we talk in ten-year periods with these right. things. Right. Right. We should notice that it's going to be a hell of a lot more than. I was just going to say,
1: I've never seen a, I've never seen a government <laughs> program come in at or under cost. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: One thing we've been able to enjoy the past couple of years has been a great economy. Uh, You know, Go back to the financial collapse of 2008, 2009. We've come a long way since then. And what we've been able to see here is a lot of people who have been able to get on the plus side of their home, get some equity going. And maybe you're thinking, this is the time I'm going to take my money out. Maybe this is the time you want to move or maybe you want to do uh, something a little bit different. Maybe you want to get into the housing market and buy something from renting. Whatever you want to do, realestateagentsitrust.com is the right place to go. Why? Because the people there are well-versed in all the transactions that you need, but they're also people that you can trust. There has to be a better way than just looking at some picture on a bench or finding someone you know from the gym. Someone who has really been screened uh, for the best possible abilities when it comes to real estate transactions, real does it for you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. I trust dot Check it out. You're listening to the Glenbeck program.
1: You know, you can't you can't always rely on the slippery slope argument. You know, hey, we can't do that because well uh, no, that's not always true but it is when you have dishonest people on the other side who are by name progressive. By name, they are slippery slope. We're going to do this one piece at a time because we will move from here, baby step, to here, another baby step, to here, another baby step. So when you're dealing with People who are not telling you the truth because their end goal is progression, the slippery slope is real. And the way and the way to uh, demonstrate that is in healthcare. Now remember, the progressive ideal, the thing they've been trying to do for hundred years that they will all deny is that we until now. We have wanted 100% everyone covered under one universal American health uh, uh, program. So there is no private insurance. There are, there are no private doctors. It's just all government. It's like the VA for everybody. Oh, that's going to be good. Okay, that's what they've wanted. They've wanted it from the beginning. And you'll see it in honest uh, reporting. They'll say, you know, the dream of the Democratic Party for the last 100 years. It it was not Obamacare. That was just a half measure. And it was designed to collapse. It was a Trojan horse. What was that guy's name at the Tides Foundation, Stu? You remember him? (laughs) I don't remember his name, but I've always loved that clip. Because
2: he's so proud of it. He's like, look, you know, people are saying this is a Trojan horse for single payer. It's not a Trojan horse. It's right there. I'm telling you, it's it's, he's he's saying, I'm telling you, it is
1: a path to single payer. Right. That was the designer, one of the designers of Obamacare. Right. And and the design was to collapse. It won't be able to last. So it will collapse. And that will cause people to say, take the next step forward. Universal health care, single payer, Medicaid, Medicare for all. I mean, and, and look, it, this goes back long before Obamacare. It goes back to,
2: you know, Lyndon Johnson, right? Like the idea you can't get everybody covered under a single payer. But what if we do just the most needy? And what about just old people? And what about, you know, and you start taking out different sections of it and you're still picking away. Now Obamacare was just people who couldn't, who didn't, couldn't, weren't on Medicaid, but couldn't afford insurance. Now we got those people. And they just slowly have chipped away until, you know, basically we're at the point Now, where most people have some portion uh, of their health covered
1: by the government, a good chunk of them, at least. And it's always promised that it's going to be better than what we have. Mm -hmm. Well, it never is. It never is. You go try to get prescriptions. I mean, Canadians drive across the border all the time to buy prescription medicine. Why? Because they can't get it in, in Canada. Nobody will cover it in Canada. The government will decide what medication you can take. And if you're in a family like I'm in family, my daughter who has cerebral palsy and uh, and epilepsy, my gosh, the medication alone is enough to bankrupt you. And you think she's going to be able to get the different kinds of medicines that she needs under Obamacare, or I'm sorry, under universal health care with with Medicare? No. It's already gotten worse because of Obamacare. So they have they've run the numbers now, and these are the numbers, you know, and Bernie Sanders looks at them and says they're pretty close to my numbers. Thirty two point six trillion dollars over 10 years. Stu, how much do we raise in taxes? We just had a record tax year for America we gathered more taxes than in any other uh, in any other year in history how much was it
2: uh, let's see us government total revenue estimated to be
1: 3.422 trillion okay so this is 3.26 trillion over 10 years so we've just raised the most amount of money that america has ever taxed her people it's never raised more money than this 30 for the year. 3.422
2: is estimated for 2019. Okay.
1: So that's what we're getting. This program will be paid for by taxes. Now, we're already a trillion dollars in debt every year now. We can't afford a trillion dollars of what we're spending. So we're just putting that on the tab. Mm Mm-hmm. This is going to add 3.26 trillion at the minimum. This is what it is going in per year, per year. So that means to pay for this program cuz they'll say we'll just pay for it in taxes. That's what they're saying. This people are going to have to pay more in taxes. Yes. Double. Double the taxes. We're only raising 3.4 now. If you need to raise another 3.2, you have to double the taxes. And what happens when you raise taxes? Your unemployment numbers go up. Your business goes down, which means your tax revenue goes down. It doesn't work that way. Now, you're not. If you double taxes, you're not going to double revenue. I no, mean, no, you no. may increase it, but you're not going to double it. So remember we did that thing. Oh, man, this was way back in the CNN days. Well, there is a number, and I think it's... I want to say it's 17.8, but I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. There is a percentage that no matter, we've looked at um, uh, tax revenue from the beginning of the IRS to today, and we've had taxes that were, you know, 20%, and we've had taxes that were 90%. What was the average that no matter what the tax uh, code said, what is the average that we collected? What is it now?
2: Uh you're speaking of Hauser's Law. Hauser's Law is the proposition in the United States that federal tax revenues since World War II have always been approximately equal to nineteen point five percent of GDP, regardless of wide fluctuations in the marginal tax rate. Uh historically, since the end of World War II, federal tax receipts as a percentage of GDP averaged seventeen point nine percent. with with a range of 14.4 to 20.9. So yeah, you were off by one-tenth of a point. That law was a little bit different than the actual results. But the point is, it stayed really consistent.
1: Yeah. So the the real solution to see how much money we actually have and can spend is to just take our GDP and uh, times it by what, 19%? Mm -hmm. And see what we have. What do we have? (laughs) That's how much money you have. And you'll always have that money. It, it is a slave to GDP. I mean, the most efficient way to do income tax is just to have a flat tax of 19.5 or whatever it is. 20%. 20% income tax. Everybody pays it. There's no exceptions until you get down to a very low number. But it's 20% of what you have. That's that's the most effective because there is the least amount of fraud. There's no loopholes for anybody, and that's what you're going to collect anyway. No matter if you say, I'm going to charge 95 percent for the rich. No, you're really not. What? There were no rich. There were no rich under FDR. What happened? To all his money. Did he pay all of his money? Oh, no, he didn't. He was still rich. How? because there's always ways to hide and move money for the rich. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to work. And it just it kills me when you see people who don't want to use logic at all on taxes or on spending 32.6 trillion dollars. It's completely
2: ridiculous. I mean, at this point, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is just it's just socialist porn right it is. if you believe in that sort of philosophy it's not it doesn't need to be true it doesn't need to be any real backup to it it's just it's exciting to think about the possibility that what if we took everyone's money and spent it all on things that we want i'm, I'm watching the handmaid's tale mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. um which you know first of all is really really well done i mean you know it's a hulu series and you enjoy you, it? Know. I, you know you have to look past the idea that it is essentially feminist porn, okay. right? It is like, fear, it's fear porn for feminists. Okay. Like, here's the craziest thing, the reason why it's so popular, besides it being really well done, but it's super dark. The idea that this is a, a cultural phenomenon, I mean, every other scene is a sexual assault and it's really super terrible, right? Horrible things happening throughout. If you don't know the concept of it, basically, uh, somewhat, some, somehow a civil war happened in the United States and a religious fundamentalist group basically
1: took over i don't know if it's the whole united states or a big chunk of it and, and i think what i think what happened was there was some sort of an outbreak wasn't there
2: yeah there was a there was a decrease in uh fertility. fertility rate so they had to basically take all the women who were fertile and make them just baby machines right so the you know, the the elites are constantly assaulting the the baby machines who are subservient and the idea of course the reason why it's popular right now is I can see this happening. Oh, my gosh. Donald Trump wants to do this. This is what he's trying to plan. Like, that's what. Crazy. But that's why it I appeals. Know, I right? know. I know. And, and this is there's a long history of this. Right. Like you could go to Atlas Shrugged is essentially libertarian uh, fear porn. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, same thing with Overton Window, in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. In the book that you wrote. You go to Waterworld is essentially environmentalist fear porn. Right. All of these, uh, you know, Red Dawn Right. It was it was there was an example of it then. Elysium, right, is if you are afraid of capitalism, that you believe that maybe I don't know, maybe all the rich people will build a giant space satellite and they'll all (laughs) live up there and we'll all suffer. You know, I mean, that's essentially what it is. I mean, leave out the fact that in Handmaid's Tale, it's really amazing because here you have a bunch of people saying, oh, my gosh, you know what? Donald Trump might do this. When they ignore the fact that that society basically exists in several countries on Earth, which are almost never criticized by the left. And by the way, one of them in particular is a communist country. The same thing that essentially uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is rooting for the road to is essentially the handmaid's tale, right? I mean, you're telling me North Korea, Iran is another good example of this where you have a society that runs somewhat similarly to what they're actually uh, showing on The Handmaid's Tale, and it's occurring right now.
1: See, this is what I tried to say about a half an hour ago, um, that you don't even know what you're really afraid of. You you are yeah. afraid of all these things, like Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. It's not going to happen in America. It's not going to happen. No. Now, could fascism happen in America? Yes. Could communism happen in America? Yes. Could uh, could we have civil war in America? Yes. Could we have an Islamic uh, war and a possible takeover from the Islamic world? Unlikely. But yes, we could. So we have all these things to worry about, all these things to. And nobody's actually talking about the real issues. Instead, you'll you'll run to you'll run to handmaiden's tale and say, see, this is the Trump America. No, it's not the Trump America. No, it's not the Trump America. And, it is, and, it's, and it's not the Obama America. Let's deal with the facts. Aren't the facts scary enough? Why do we have to go to these shows and watch this dystopian future when this one's pretty frightening in and of itself? Let's make sure that those things don't happen by dealing with the issues at hand. How, how do we have a civil war? How do we have a, 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 a government that all of a sudden loses control and a bad government steps in? Well, I'll tell you, an easy path. Lose your power. Oh, who's doing that? Is that in the news? Yeah. Russia <laughs> hacking our power stations. What do you say? We work on that one. So, how real do you think the power thing is, Stu, with Russia?
2: I mean, I think there's a constant effort by Russia to gain uh, pathways to influence our, 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 you know, our country. And I think, obviously, I think the the election is is part of that as well. But, like, I I think they all are always looking for leverage. So that doesn't mean that they're going to. I don't know that they're. An, like where Al-Qaeda is an you know, back in the day would be an active, mm-hmm. they were actively trying to mm-hmm. do these things to shut down our country and hurt us. Where Russia, I think, is looking for leverage for the ability to be able to do it. Like they they like the idea that they can get in. I don't know that Russia is, you know, I mean, they could. They don't want to necessarily starve us, right? us to exactly. death. Exactly. Yeah. That's not necessarily their end yeah. goal, but they're always looking for ways to leverage us. And that may have been what they were doing with the election. But we, I think that that is their it's at least part of the goal. And
1: they know that they have it in case they need it. Well, I mean, Putin said the next uh, war is going to be fought with ones and zeros and not missiles. I mean, wh- what happens to you and your family if this if this happens? You run to the grocery store? Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is um, uh, My Patriot Supply. Uh, I mean, w- when there's an emergency, and I mean a snow emergency, snow emergency. Uh, that's when people run into the grocery stores, and the grocery stores are packed or empty. If you don't have an emergency food supply, it's really time to do so. Here's uh, here's what makes this uh, this special this week uh, makes it really really simple. Each person in your household should have a two week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply. Those food kits now are only sixty seven dollars. So take action now. Individual two week breakfast, lunch, and dinner food supply sixty seven dollars. Call 800-200-7163. That's 1-800-200-7163. Or you can go to my special website, preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. $67 for two weeks of food per person. It's only from my Patriot Supply. And only this week. 800-200-7163. 800-200-7163. Or preparewithglenn.com. Ninety eight. Uh, we have to talk next hour. We have to talk about Mission Impossible. Uh this is uh, it's getting ninety-eight in Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety eight. That's insane. For and an action movie too. It's it, like- it's two hours and like forty seven minutes.
2: Oh my oh jeez.
1: I know 247. I two forty seven my wife told me that as we were know. walking in. I said, How long is this? She said two forty nine. I was like, Oh my gosh. It is worth every second. We finished it and we were like oh, if we had time. We'd go again. It's like, it's like, (laughs) really? Yeah, it it really was. It was like, it was just such a great ride that it's like, you know, if you could, if you, you know, you're on Space Mountain and you get to the end and you're like, go again. Yeah. Without the line, without the line. (laughs) Okay. It's really, really good. Back in a second. Glenn Beck. You know, I, I, I just think that social media is maybe making us a lot more dumb. Do you think? There's there's currently a hashtag being pushed by the BBC that is out right now. Hashtag no more boys and girls. (laughs) This is coming from one of the largest news outlets in the world, which is also publicly funded. They just ran an experiment where they dress up boys in girl clothing and girls in boy clothing. And then they sit back and watch as volunteer adults go to play with them. Now, there's some high-level science here. I, I don't know if you know this, but um, you probably have no idea what the results are going to be. <laughs> what happens when these adults sit down with a girl dressed as a boy and a boy dressed as a girl? Let's go straight to the video. I think she liked that pink pink dolly the best. If I were to tell you, actually, that Sophie is Edward, ah, well, does that change anything? I maybe thought, oh, this is a little girl, so I have to give her little girl things. No way. (laughs) Shut up. A little, like, 18-month-old, dressed as a girl, introduced as Sophie, and the woman gives her, like, little pink elephant to play with. Shut up. Who would have ever seen that coming? (laughs) I mean, who would have ever thought that girls and boys might like different things? I, I, well, they don't, apparently. It's just us. I don't even know where to start on this one. First of all, I know he couldn't have been the only one disturbed to see these poor little kids dressed up in clothes they're obviously not used to and then having strangers come in and repeatedly call them by some other name. I mean, this is honestly borderline child abuse, isn't it? Second of all, speaking of child abuse, what this video is attempting to do is to train parents to coerce their kids into not accepting who they are. Letting little boys be little boys and little girls be little girls is is not, as the BBC put it, conforming to a stereotype. That's called nature. Oh, these people piss me off. Have they ever been around children before? I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, you could be my, my sister. She's yeah. she grew up in the 60s and she's a hippie. She claims not to be, but she's a hippie. And she. She. Uh, she said she moves out to Wyoming. Okay, who moves out to Wyoming except hippies? So, I mean, you know, from the Pacific Northwest, I just want to get away from it all. Get away from it all? It's, it's you know, it's 1980 Seattle. There is no all in Seattle in 19. 19- I want to get away from it all. So she goes and gets away from it all. And she decides when she's pregnant, she has a boy and she's not going to let them play with guns. So, God forbid. Uncle Glenn comes and gives them, you know, a toy gun or a truck? No, no, no. She gave up on that after she found her boys playing in the backyard, uh, you know, with sticks, playing cowboys, Indians, army. It's boys. That's what they do. It's nature. Now, the BBC claims to be advocating empowerment. But I think they're advocating child abuse. Every generation in history of mankind has understood that males and females are different. Does that make one superior over the other? No. But we need each other. We're different. But if they can make you doubt reality, they can eventually make you believe in anything. And that is what this is truly all about. Mm. it's monday july 30th you're listening to the glenn beck program i don't know about you i don't know any reason why i want to run to the movie theater and just escape i I can't think of a single reason that makes you just want to turn off reality
2: it's hard to it's hard to be involved in it isn't it it really is really is because of course i'm sure this is the same with you every time you go do anything else everyone wants to talk to you about the news. No, because, I don't really have any friends, so I don't uh, Okay, no one yeah. wants to talk to you about anything, but when I go do <laughs> things, you know, you know they they know you work at a, you know, a show that talks about the news all the time, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they bring it up just like you bring up their Dentistry or whatever job they have,
1: right? (laughs) right Hey, how how the teeth? How's the teeth thing working?
2: How's the enamel? I mean, is that how big enamel day or what's
1: what is it that you do really? Because everybody, (laughs) I just had my teeth cleaned and I went to the dentist and I only saw you for about ten seconds. (laughs) Somebody else did the X rays. Somebody (laughs) else cleaned. You just walked in, poked poked my gums with something, and went. You're looking good. What do you do? It's kind of like if I hosted the show and at
2: the end you came in and go, "Yep, you're right, Stu. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow." And it's still it's the like, Glenn Beck program. <laughs> How
1: does this what? work? I don't understand. Right. That's a good point. The dentists have a great scam going <laughs> on, but we digress. <laughs> you didn't think we'd uncover anything today? Well, we have? We have. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're doing our homework. They're in the back with the nitrous. That's where I'd be. <laughs> oh, I felt like such a wimp. I went to the doctor, and I, you know, I had when I was a kid. I had a doctor with the old style. I mean, this is like, you know, you have to you have to go back to old movies to even see these with the old style syringe that were that was in the metal,
0: mm-hmm. you know, the oh, yeah, metal
1: yeah. body on it, sure. and the, you know, the two big rings on the end. So he stuck a, a needle in my gums and then let go and was like, oh, I forgot something. And so the needle and the thing is just <laughs> like, what? Boing, 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 and snapped off. And so he had to go dig it out of my mouth. So I, anybody comes near me with a well, dentist? What alley were you in that this doctor? Oh, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I bet you do know. Yeah. He
2: left a needle hanging yeah. from your gums yeah. and
1: then it, and it broke. broke. Oh, yeah, it was really, I hope you got very, 10% off. I, we still <laughs> went to the dentist. It was in those days where we're like, we're not going to sit. Oh, it's just Bob. Yeah. Well, yeah, Bob should not be a dentist, mom and dad. Mm. No. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, so I, I'm sitting there and I am just, I'm just, I'm trying to be really, really cool. And finally, the, the nurse is like, Would you like some nitrous? And I'm like, Yes, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, please. It is. I felt like such a weenie. Oh, you're you're cleaning your teeth.
2: And I, I am 100% on the nitrous bandwagon. This has been a huge change in my life. Recently, And you know, a lot of people come on the radio and talk about positive changes in their life. This is a positive change in my <laughs> life. Okay. I'm doing a lot more nitrous. Uh, it's <laughs> right. great. Right. Now, every time I go to the dentist for any
1: reason, I actually just really enjoy it. I might stop this the- by this afternoon just to make an appointment. <laughs> exactly, but I'll I need nitrous to do it. <laughs> no, I know. Some would say that sounds
2: like a drug problem. Right. It does. <laughs> it is. It is. But, but it's under a doctor's supervision. Exactly. And here's the thing. I I mean because I am one of the people who I keep over talking about this now. <laughs> I have uh, I, I had a one bad experience at the, the dentist a long time ago. Tell me about it. Uh, where uh, like just something happened and it hit a nerve and it really hurt really badly. So now yeah. every time I go to the dentist, all i think about is every single move in my mouth is going to do it's going to recreate right right right.
1: every time they come to me with with anything (laughs) in my mouth i'm like you're gonna break that off in my gums exactly (laughs) Exactly it's irrational let it go
2: completely irrational so i get nitrous every time i go to the dentist for any reason and you know 99 of the time it's you know cleaning luckily i've i've been to the dentist a lot so i don't i haven't had any tooth problems Mm -hmm. uh that are of any serious note but even for a normal cleaning I, I am absolutely on board. I don't I don't wait until something happens. I do it right off the bat. In fact, I call ahead and I said, you know what? Just to let you know, I know you never do this for anyone else. And they, they, they give me the little wuss treatment, too. They're like, wait, you know this is just a cleaning, right? I go, yes, I do. And you know what? You know this isn't covered by insurance. Yes, I do. Now bring out the drugs. That's what I say. <laughs> and they'd roll the tank well, out the other, there the, and they put me under and it's it's fantastic so why is nitrous not more popular i've asked yes, the same question right why and i and also i've asked i i may have done some research of how do i get a tank in my home <laughs> and you might have, <laughs> done, might done, have done that you might have and so here's the thing <laughs> well, here's the issue going to take it home <laughs> <laughs> cuz i was thinking about one day right. you know, i had i, uh, I had uh, we had a uh, group outing mm-hmm. um a friend's birthday party mm-hmm. this weekend and we went out and as adults tend to do uh, mm-hmm. not included in this room uh, had a few drinks mm-hmm. and maybe a couple too many drinks right. on friday night right saturday i woke up and felt like hell right you know and that's not a big a normal occurrence for mm-hmm. me at this point mm-hmm. in my life but it does occasionally happen mm-hmm. and i got you know this is this is what's so great about nitrous mm-hmm. you feel just as good as the greatest moment of that night drinking the next In a half an hour, you're you're completely normal driving home. It's insane, and now, I think that's also the downside of it, though, because the only you know, there's probably multiple downsides of it. Don't call me if you're some scientist, but the, the, <laughs> the, one of the downsides of it is, you know, 20 minutes after you pull this giant apparatus off your face, right. you're no longer in, you're right. no longer anywhere near the great right. moments of nitrous, right. Which, by the way, this this broadcast is brought to you by the makers of nitrous, <laughs> right, yeah, uh, sure. today. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where it just fades so fast. It's not mm-hmm. a, it's not a, a particularly viable. Recreational well, drug. I have looked into this, and in that when you escalate usage, uh-huh. apparently, unlike all other drugs, you need more and more to get the same sort of ah, level, okay. and it becomes a little addictive. Ah. But the 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 side effects apparently not that
1: uh, dramatic, huh. and that's why it's a popular. Now, uh, f- I don't think that I don't think you're thinking <laughs> this through clearly enough. Well, I am you on know, nitrous, you were, so, you were, so like, I may not right. be thinking. You, so you were saying, <laughs> you know, you were saying, you know, we went out. I mean, it might. It might knock down some of the, I don't know. You know how everybody looks better when right. you're drunk. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Everybody looks better. I, I don't think wearing a little cup over your nose and uh, and having a hose and carrying around a tank in the back like you're an old man, you know, is really that, a- hey, so uh, mm-hmm. what's happening with you? Well, first of all, this would not necessarily affect home
2: usage. Let's, so let's be honest. O- let's tell the truth. <laughs> let's tell the truth here. But I have thought of this. And again, what year is it? Yes, right? It's yes. 2018. You're telling sure. me we can't solve the face mask problem here? There's <laughs> got to be a solution to that. Right, right.
1: Maybe you could just inject it. Right? This is,
2: again, <laughs> right? what if I walk around with a tank and, and
1: a needle all day? Right. I mean, that would make this whole, all the media stuff feel so much better. I really wouldn't mind a life on nitrous. It's pretty good. It is. It's pretty good. And it, what is really remarkable and kind of sad. <laughs> is that it does go away the minute you stop. You turn it off, and you're like, no, don't. Well, it fades slowly, eh. and then you're a little bit in a... I feel like I'm a little bit
2: like Cloudy. Mm. Like, I wouldn't necessarily want to come to a show. Yeah, I'm not right going to operate night.
1: a <laughs> nuclear power plant, but I'll do this. Yeah, like, uh, I guess. They, we just know, blurted <laughs> it out. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh,
2: You guys aren't making any sense. And eh, what's eh. the difference? Eh. <laughs> it's not like we're doing eh. nuclear energy. here, All Right. I mean, here's the thing. Most people. Mm. Now, Sure, there's a television network involved, but put that aside for a moment. Yes. Most people hearing us right now mm-hmm. are on the radio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most people are taking in this show mm-hmm. through audio only. They mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to necessarily see a face mask.
1: No, but it might <laughs> change the sound. Well, no, it's going over your so, nose. So so still. Tell me. <laughs> tell me about the debt problem. Put it over your nose and try <laughs> to do the debt problem joke. See? Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't notice. You would I mean but a you would bit. hear. I mean, when I'm thinking, you would just hear. <sighs> And it would be a lot of those. It'd be a lot of those times on the air too, where we would both just be staring into space, and one of (laughs) us would go, "Hey, wait a minute, Uh, what were we talking about?" (laughs) Oh, remind you, this break started with something different.
2: I brought up dentist, and that's how we got here. I know, I know. So you're thinking it's gonna be more coherent. (laughs) I mean, I can't be less. (laughs) There's a good chance we improve.
1: Again, I we drive should try better that for on nitrous. We should try it for <laughs> science sake to see if the show is better I if we brought that nitrous. Oh my gosh, I don't think that I think that would be dangerous.
2: That probably I mean, I think it w- <laughs> that would be dangerous. We would need a chaperone because I think you're right. If someone has to have the power of just turning the mics off at some point. <laughs> there has to be somebody in control. <laughs>
1: Cuz it could go really <laughs> you know awry what? we should do this this is always legitimizes things we should do this for charity yes
0: <laughs>
1: and raise money how long yeah. how many minutes before the mic has to be shut off oh my god that would be
2: because i have the the strangest thoughts uh when i'm in the dentist chair i create constantly i constantly really don't i just i'm just i'm just yeah. happy seriously you know what i think about almost every time i'm like why isn't nitrous more popular i really like i want to start a business i don't i don't i just want to get in this line of work
1: i don't know I, what see, the it only is. thing that is thought to me was it, it makes your car go fast <laughs> and it makes you feel <laughs> this way all right you had a point by the way i don't remember what and it we was should get back to that we'll, we'll try to remember what it is we'll take the masks off here in a minute all right um i want to tell you about uh, real estate agents i trust um Tanya and I were trying to sell our house a few years ago, and um, we were up in Connecticut. And by the way, have you seen the housing prices in Connecticut? Holy cow! Sorry, is this nit- it's the nitrous? It's the nitrous? No, why? Bad. Really? I mean, yeah. Bad.
2: It's weird. I mean, I looked uh, recently at my houses up north uh, that we owned around the time of the Great Recession. We owned two houses, moved a couple times, mm-hmm. um, but both of those houses, according to like
1: Zillow, have not recovered to the place that we sold them yeah me too Me too. we sold ours in eight or yeah 2008 i think Mm -hmm. and still hasn't recovered you know anyway so we had a really hard time selling the house um and we needed a real estate agent that could really get the job done well we've done a lot of research and thinking since then um because it can't be that hard i mean who do you hire who do you hire how do you know who to hire that's going to sell your house on time for the most amount of money, who who has the right marketing plan. Who do you do? What, what do you do? You just trust an ad that you've seen? We have great agents uh, that are in this long-term. They are the best in your area. They have the best marketing plan. They have the most amount of experience, and their track record is the best. Okay. They will help you every step of the way to get your house sold on time and for the most amount of money. You'll find them at realestateagentsitrust.com. You want to sell your home? realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. (laughs) This is a disturbing conversation we've just stumbled into here with. The good new business
2: line, Glenn. I don't think this sounds wrong. You got internet, you got TV, you got radio, you
1: got books, and you got you got nitrous. I mean, I'm willing to head off so this department. So how come department. this isn't a bigger problem? I mean, this is much better than opioids. Because there's not the downside of it. That's the
2: big thing. You, you wake up the next... You're legitimately an hour later completely It's got to, like, burn
1: your brain out or
2: something. It does. It's uh, not according to the Cracked Magazine... Ex, uh, uh, oh, well, Cracked Magazine. Yeah, Cracked had did a big expose on this mm-hmm. uh, to talk about the long-term effects.
1: And... Uh, <laughs> so it's not illegal. It's not illegal, no. You can use it... So in, why isn't it being used by... I mean... <laughs> seriously and, why isn't why why would you
2: do opioids or 20 minutes into this probably time for the disclaimer that you should not actually do nitrous like yes, this. But right right you, right right there is an issue where some people get to it's not addictive per se but it is one of those things where if you really like the feeling oh it's and, mentally addictive and yeah it's one of those things yeah. that if you get into that pattern you can start to want to do so much but there's there's stories of people who want to do 100, 200, 300 hits of it a day.
1: And that's how it's easily acquirable, is my understanding. see, I would just want one. a lot of research. That would start the morning when I got up and ended when I went to sleep.
2: See, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, I go to the movie, I go to see Tom Cruise's movie, right? I'm going to see Mission Impossible. I bring along my nitrous tech, I wheel it down the aisle. I sit on the end. I pop it on and watch a nice movie. It'll be great. And then I get up and I drive home. I mean, this is an enjoyable movie. I am
1: serious. Why is this not done by people. I think it is done by people, but it, it I don't but, know why, that but can just why would you do a tank? Why would you do crack? Why would you do, you know, uh, what is the drug the popular drug that makes your teeth rot and your like meth yeah meth. Mm-hmm. Why would you do <laughs> any of that? Why not go to nitrous? You can I mean you can order it easily online in <laughs> small mean, I, form. No, I'm serious. I'm I, mm-hmm. I mean I'm not, you know, this I, isn't healthy conversation coming from an alcoholic, but mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to meth, wouldn't you think? Oh, this is probably better.
2: First of all, I could stop my nitrous anytime. It's e- I, anytime. I just don't want to try to, I to take like off. It. Yeah. So I don't. I'm do. in
1: full control. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think it's because it's so it's so short. I think that's the issue. Wesley in Ohio, hello, Wesley. You're on the Glenbeck program.
0: Glenn, privileged to talk with you. I talked to your screener about. Uh. The nitrous in a car is different than the food grade nitrous that you're breathing. <laughs>
1: good it, thing I haven't. Good thing I, I haven't found, tried to take a hit out of a car.
0: It's found in the spray whipped cream in, in the can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That same nitrous is in that can. That's what propels and causes the expansion of the cream. So if you hold the can upright and you ingest it, breathe in that. Yeah, no, those are called. What is air? it called? Whippets. whippets yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's called whippets, and that's not a good thing. No, it's that's not. The, it's the same nitrous as what you're talking about. But and what's again, the like,
1: difference between the nitrous there and the nitrous in the car? We've only, only had thirty even seconds. You know, I'm into
0: the car business. I do not know the difference, but okay. I wouldn't take any nitrous from a car. <laughs> no. Well,
1: no, I would. No, I would. I wouldn't either. <laughs> I wouldn't either, even if you were a doctor and said it was okay. I wouldn't do that, but I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Wesley. Back in just a second. So I went to see the uh, Tom Cruise movie this weekend. It is. is. I'm Now, I'm a big fan of Tom Cruise. I'm a big fan of Mission Impossible series. Uh, but I think each of the Mission Impossibles are getting better as they go. It's like the opposite of what... You yeah. know, sequels used to be. It does seem that way. Yeah. I, I didn't like the early ones that much, yeah. and the I, last
2: couple have been really good. I thought
1: I did, but the, when you watch them, because the family we watched over the last you know four weeks, we'd watch one Mission Impossible building up to this, mm-hmm. um, and so we've seen all of them, and they they're getting better. This one is the best by far. Uh, it is just a rocket ride the entire time, and what makes this more impressive is the fact that he did all of his own stunts. Mm -hmm. I mean, he learned how to fly a helicopter in a corkscrew dive, which is one of the hardest things to do. He learned it in like three months. That's really him flying. That's really him climbing the rope. That's really him uh, on the motorcycle. 120 miles an hour on with oncoming traffic in Paris. And it, it, they were filming it, and they had some safety device on the bike and everything else, and they couldn't get the shot. And Tom said, "Just take it off. Just let me do it." And they're like, "I, I don't, uh, no, I don't think so. Just take it off." And they took it off. So that's it, every stunt you see, he's doing. He's not doing. There's no, not that I know of. Not that I know of. This is from from what I have heard. Okay. Everything that you see his face on, there's no superimposing. But you see him on the rock, you know, on the cliff face. You see him, mm. you know, falling out of airplanes. And he and he heard it. He broke his ankle. ankle, right? I don't know because at one point through.
3: he had He's, to do the air, the jumping out of the airplane scene a hundred and six times. Oh my god! He had to jump from the plane a hundred and six times to get the shot right. Oh, you got to be Is that kidding incredible! Me. Yeah. I, that kind of attention to detail—that's you know—that's why he makes twenty-five or thirty million a movie. Nice, I'm telling you
1: though, he's it's incredible. And you know what? I think he is. You know, we all really liked Tom Cruise, and then he jumped on Oprah's couch, and everybody's like, "He's a freak." Mm-hmm. And I think that's—I think he's officially put that away. It feels that way. Yeah. You know, he's just that likable Tom Cruise guy again. You yeah. know, and he's just—he just seems like a good guy, and then. Oh, he's, I mean, geez, he's what, 56, 57, 56. Mm-hmm. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Look
3: he's
2: at a sexy him. man. He's still a sexy man. Yeah, he is. He is. That's not the nitrous talking. He's no. still a sexy man. Sexy I mean, man. you
1: watch him run in some of the scenes. He'll you'll know, be running and jumping on rooftops. That's where he broke his ankle. And you'll see him running and jumping off of these rooftops in, in London. And he's running like he's 20. I mean, the guy just has Power, It's yeah. amazing. He, it is amazing. Yeah.
3: And his career is amazing. You know, we were just talking about some of the movies he's done in the past. Almost all of them are super enjoyable. Really great. I yeah. mean, there's all very the few exceptions. To, yeah.
2: All the way back. Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide well, Shut and Vanilla yeah. Sky would be right didn't see off. Those one. are
3: probably exceptions. I didn't, I didn't see either of them, but I hear they're not Yeah, they they're they're were not, bad. Great. not good.
2: I mean, Interview with a Vampire. No, nah, mm-hmm. that wasn't good. Mm. That but wasn't you think
3: good. about Top Gun, Minority Report. right Great. Oh,
2: yeah. Valkyrie. Well, Valkyrie's Valkyrie awesome. Really awesome that's, that's one of those movies that if it's on, I have to watch it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. So great. It's you have to Nazi watch. It. You have to watch it. You have to watch yeah. It. It's a rule. But I mean, American Made came out last year, it was really good. Really good. That, that was it? It wasn't one really of those good. movies that tons of people saw, but yeah. it, was, it was really, Should really good. Should have. It was yeah. really
1: good. It's true story. Yeah. True story. Mm-hmm. About uh, an American uh, drug uh, dealer? Yeah. C- no, CIA. That's how the CIA was trying to, you know, use manuel noriega and the drug lords to i don't even remember what. yeah it was really good though that i was thought. really good
2: edge of tomorrow that was good they changed is that die rinse
1: repeat or whatever that is <laughs> live,
2: live die, die repeat live die
3: repeat they, they changed the name after the theater run for some reason
2: it's they, weird they, 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 the because because that's how i, how I know it was, was, what is it
3: it was it, it was edge of tomorrow initially mm-hmm. at the at the movie theater i went to see edge of tomorrow and then <laughs> live die wow. repeat is on demand i it's strange Wow, yeah, I don't I think, think I've ever re- seen that happen. I think yeah. they
2: released it internationally, maybe as Live, Die, Repeat. Really? Mm. And then uh, they their big thought was the one. reason why it didn't do, and it did $100 million, but for a Tom Cruise movie, that's not all that much. And they think that just people didn't know what the heck it was about. Like they thought the t- the Edge of Tomorrow just didn't. Say yeah, it anything.
3: didn't do all that. I mean, it did well, but not fantastic. It was good, and I thought it was really good. I
2: really good. liked it. I really I liked it. Yeah, I mean he he had he's had a couple. I mean, Rock of Ages mm. it was kind of a disaster, but I mean, sort of the Def Leppard story. Didn't see that, right? Yeah,
1: they I think
3: hurt. He didn't. didn't Plus, that hurt. was on Broadway for a long time.
2: Yeah, that he was in that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. That just doesn't seem like a good decision. No. But there's been a lot of big movies in the Tom Cruise career. I don't know if we're breaking news by saying that, but he's had a decent, Man? decent run. Oh, God. I mean, Great you want to go movie. back that far. There's, Great movie. You know, he's, Born he's, on the Fourth of July, of course. Uh, you I mean, know, he is really... A Few Good Men, The Firm. I mean, are these big. are Jerry Maguire. Oh, one of my mentions. all-time favorites. Jeez.
3: I love Jerry I Maguire. I
1: mean, there's a lot there. War Brilliant of the Worlds. Movie. Yeah. And you, wow, you, he's probably our generation jimmy no
2: who would he be he's got to be the biggest movie star right i mean there was a time Mm -hmm. where like you had tom hanks was in that discussion right like will smith denzel washington there's a certain amount of people in that discussion i don't know if there's any tom hanks
1: uh, tom hanks was that guy and he still is a huge movie star but he's not still going right you know he's still not making those blockbuster hits well was the post big the post was pretty big right yeah that wasn't commercially yeah and it wasn't a it wasn't a tom tom hanks meryl streep
2: more than anything else which was probably the mistake they made let's be honest about it (laughs) (laughs) throw that junk in the middle of a movie
1: of course i I
3: love it when your meryl streep
2: hatred comes to the surface (laughs) i I mean it didn't make money in the theater 81 million on a 50 million dollar wow that's it's a good movie though it
1: really was a good movie
2: yeah, they just put Meryl Streep in it, so it's not yeah. going to do that well.
1: But is it is it slanted? Is it like No, I thought it was unbelievably uh it's one of those movies that you're that you're looking at the people like Meryl Streep and you're like do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You're you, it's like, hmm. you know, at one point they're sitting around talking about, you know, we gave Jack Kennedy a pass. And he's the guy who started all this. Why he used us. We shouldn't be friends with the president. We should be objective the whole time. Wow. And as they're saying it, you're like, uh, yes, yeah. hello. <laughs> wow. It's amazing.
3: It's amazing. Because I've I've avoided it for that reason. I thought, ah, that's...
1: No, it's actually... I, I didn't
2: think so. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I, this is... Um, people are... I guess this is a big thing going around Twitter right now. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know. True? That Tom Cruise is older Yes. Than Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon? Yes. He's
1: currently what? older than Wilford yeah.
2: Brimley was in no. Cocoon? No. Yeah, that, 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 that <laughs> went away. That's
1: impossible. It's not. It's That's not. impossible. It's not. I mean, he's jumping off that roofs is amazing. and jumping out of
2: planes.
3: That's not the same guy. Well, I Wilford ha- Brimley and Tom Cruise. No, completely different guys at fifty-six.
2: And the I mean the, the Kelly <laughs> McGillis pictures that have been tossed around. Oh. It,
3: I mean, I feel bad. Oh, I do too. Yeah. but you know, it's a, it is it's incredible. not a flattering shot of her.
1: <laughs>
2: no. uh, to but begin
3: with, w- would
1: you like to make that a little more accurate? <laughs> <laughs> because if you
2: haven't seen this, that's it, a
1: very kind it, statement.
2: It's a it's, <laughs> a it's a it's a nineteen eighty What was it, eighty six and yeah. two thousand eighteen? So I back to you know four pictures total. Uh, the two pictures at the top are the original, it's actually one picture, but the original picture of Cruise and Kelly McGillis in Top Gun, and then they show both <laughs> of them today. Cruise looks identical to what he looked he's like. He's only a in, little mm-hmm. thicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not fat. He's just Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he's just thickened out some. And then she looks like you know, everybody different. else, I guess, would mm-hmm. after a long run. <laughs> you <know>? She looks <laughs> like, it's Third, Ben, and you, you <laughs> don't mean run. Like, <laughs> <Hank>. <laughs> Oh, it's <laughs> no. forty
3: years. It looks or so. like she's been, you know, she's aged. She's like, aged humans like we age. have over thirty-six years. Yes, exactly.
2: yes. It's not a knock on her as much as it's a compliment to
1: him. I think. well, look at everybody in that cast. Have you seen Val Kilmer? Oh yeah. Well, Val's had his issues. <laughs>
0: wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I look it up pictures yeah. of Val Kilmer, and I'm feeling good about me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I I heard Val has uh,
2: slimmed back down. Slimmed back a down bit. a yeah. little bit. I've heard that as well
3: because he was going after the. I, and I think he's in it. He's in the new Top Gun. Is he? I, I, thought, I think so. Because okay. I heard initially he wasn't. But then I saw that he was. So I'm not sure which is accurate. But I, you kind of Everybody's excited for the new Top Gun. I, I, oh, I love Top Gun. You didn't like Top Gun? Eh, it was okay.
2: Well, when you're a guy... A you're you a
3: communist? Right. How could you not have liked Top Gun? No, I liked Ronald Reagan. Okay.
2: I liked Ronald Reagan. <laughs> i mean Top Gun. exactly that's what a, a man would watch top gun right
3: and then wait wait, then wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, that's right. wait 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 that, that's true Glenn. wait a minute wait hold mm-hmm. it just a second you know what i'm
2: saying yeah, i think do you no i kind of get what i'm mm-hmm.
1: i think you're trying to say i'm not a man <laughs> oh yeah no it was pretty obvious i guess that, in retrospect i wasn't really there's no veil there <laughs> okay got it get out get out
2: both of you get out oh cool i can believe no punishment you stay <laughs> Pat Gray Unleashed, by the way, coming up in just moments on the Blaze Radio and TV network. Listen and view.
1: Simply Safe Home Security. Fantastic protection for you and your family. Well, Simply Safe has now just been uh, valued uh, at a billion dollars. I, I mean, it's crazy. I know these guys, I've known them for such a long time. Five, five guys just working together. That's when I. That's when I first started working with. Did them. they offer you a, no, an investment no, opportunity? No, at any point. Didn't. No, they didn't. Should have. No. Should have pressed on that one a little. I should have. Mm-hmm. I should have, because I knew they were going to be successful. Because these guys are just—they were, you know—they were helping people out so they wouldn't get burglarized, and they had this idea, and it was, you know, a better mousetrap. And now, now they're doing <laughs> it in front of everybody's eyes, and it's a billion you, dollars, and you didn't I'm invest here with nothing. Anyway, uh, simply (laughs) safe. They protect now over 2 million people. And here's what makes them great. Comprehensive protection for your home. Round the clock, professional monitoring and police dispatch. You get protection against intruders, fires, leaks, you know, busted pipes, all of it. Simply safe. It works during power outages, downed Wi-Fi. Even if you're, you know, the burglar comes in and tries to smash your keypad, it's still calling police. The system is easy to use, incredibly t- intuitive, takes just a couple of minutes to set it up, and you own it. Oh, plus no contracts and no hidden fees. The 24/7 monitoring is only 14.99 a month. That's it. So order yours now. Go online and find out how easy it is to protect your home with simply safe. Go to simplysafeback.com. That's simplysafeback.com. Get 10% off your home security system right now at simplysafeback.com. Well, we have to We we, we have to uh, have our thoughts and prayers with uh, a um, a woman who is remaining nameless uh, in the story. Because of the tragedy that has befallen her, she was, um, she's twenty four years twenty four years old. She just got married uh, to a twenty six year old guy, and uh, they had been married less than a year. And uh, she started to think, you know, I, I there there's something going on. There's, there's something something's not right here. Um, she said, my my husband was distant. All of a sudden, um, he wasn't around. There was little conversation. He started to disappear. He said he was having to stay late at work, and then he had to travel away from work, yada, yada, yada. Um, And so she called investigators and some private eyes, and they saw the physical signs. They said, you know, she she got them. There's changes in dress coming home later and later. You know, when guys take their cell phones everywhere with them and they leave it face down, the investigator said, these are all the warning signs. He could be messing around so they went out and they did surveillance uh on her uh, or on him and uh she said i put a lot of guilt on myself you know i couldn't understand you know what i was hearing and seeing i mean what had happened and then they uh, returned with uh, video footage and when she when she saw who the woman was uh she said well it was a, a, a total fog of disbelief uh, apparently um her husband had been a frequent visitor to dating websites offering trysts and uh, they had uncovered that he had registered with several dating websites and and uh oh, she kind of
2: suspected that though
1: yeah and um and so they followed him to one of these uh trysts and uh they video they they had the videotape of him uh, at twenty six uh, making it with a uh, a mother of two and a grandmother of four. Uh, she's seventy two years old.
2: <laughs> that probably was surprising. It, I would not the way you necessarily. Are you an ageist? No, I just think uh, you know.
1: Why was that busy surprising? What old people can't enjoy and be at the prime of their
2: (laughs) they certainly can
1: yes they certainly can right you know right i
2: just think that maybe it was surprising it's just the distance of the drive you know just to get all the way out there you know it's
1: and probably the distance of uh, the of the sag too you know potentially that was was maybe a little shocking
2: it's a little i mean look well, you know, we've all. Uh, I've, there's many movies now that come out about this. Like, what's the what's the one? The Ve- uh, Last Vegas. I think every they've been trying to make Last Vegas like every three months for the past several years. I've never even heard of it. Oh, really? It's like uh, every aging celebrity goes to Vegas together.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like yeah, one
2: yeah. of those type of movies. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, look, I, we, there's documentary evidence here that you live a, you know, you do some really fun things. Well, apparently, this life.
1: isn't the only 72 year old woman that he has uh, been with. So well, he's got a, a a sexual preference, Glenn. Right. And you know what? I don't know if you're
2: criticizing his preference, and it. it but it, I it, hope not.
1: It bodes well for her future. You know, a lot of women, as they get older, they're like, my husband's going to find some younger. But nope, not him. <laughs> this is the reverse <laughs> The situation. older you get, the more chance you have of him being turned on by you, apparently. So.
2: Longevity. The secret of life. One. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a long-lasting relationship there right. being built. It's wonderful. Right.
1: She said she hasn't divorced him yet. Uh, she said, uh, "I want to, I want to quote this one." Uh, she said, "It's a difficult time at the moment. It can be, uh, but it can be great to get rid of somebody so toxic in your life." So I, I think she's 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 made the decision to dump him. <laughs> she's leaning a direction. She's leaning that, that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're called toxic, uh, you know, but. Hey, so if you're 72, check out the websites because, you know, there just might be some 26-year-old hard body that is, is interested. Glenn Beck, Mercury.